I just hit the record button. And now, of course, the dog is deciding to play with his toy. You'll hear it in a second. There it goes. Welcome back to another episode of the Kalar Tech Directory podcast. Loki, you, you, you need to go play somewhere else. Look, why do you keep giving me the ball? Welcome back to another episode of the Kalari Tech Directory podcast. This is a really exciting one because today we are recapping the Apple October event, which happened on Monday. Usually they're on Tuesdays, but this time around it was on a Monday. I apologize in advance for my voice. I'm a little stuffed up due to allergies, so sorry. This episode is going to be quite long because we have a lot to cover about the October event. My list of discussion points is about twice as long as it normally is. Hopefully it doesn't take twice as long, but let's jump right into it. And of course there's the dog with his toy again. All right, without further ado, let's get started. Starting with Apple Music Voice, this is something that was totally out of the blue. We were not expecting to see anything like this or any music related things at this event. So Apple Music Voice is a new tier to Apple Music. Currently they have the individual plan which starts at 10 bucks a month and then the family plan which starts at 15 bucks a month. But this new voice plan starts at five bucks a month. So this tier doesn't offer the full functionality of Apple Music, but it does allow you to ask Siri to play certain types of music. You could say like play music I can study to, play music that's good for taking a hike. This is some of these examples that Apple gave. We don't know everything about Apple Music Voice, like what its limitations are. It is half the price of the individual Apple Music tier, which starts at $10 a month. So moving on to the HomePod Mini. The HomePod Mini is basically exactly the same now. Literally the only difference is, is that there are new color options. That's it, that's the only difference. There isn't even a second thing. It's just new colors, yellow, orange, and blue, which I like the blue, but yellow and orange? We talked about this a couple episodes back, how I thought red, blue, and green were like the standard color options that most people like, but I guess because Apple wanted to differentiate their colors between their products, so they chose blue and then yellow and orange. It's fine, welcome update, still starts at the same price, so I'm not complaining. And the new colors that are added to the HomePod Mini the yellow, the orange, and the blue, those will be available in November. So moving on to AirPods Free, these have been rumored for so, so, so long. They finally been unveiled on stage actually, which was something that was kind of up in the air because Apple unveiled the first generation AirPods on stage, the original AirPods back in 2016. Every AirPods update since then AirPods 2, AirPods Pro, and even AirPods Max have all been site refreshes. They have not talked about them on stage at an event. So this is the first time since the original AirPods were unveiled that they've actually announced them on stage, which I thought was pretty interesting. <laughs> there are quite a few notable changes to AirPods Free, starting with a new design that looks similar to the design of AirPods Pro, but 
They don't have the silicone ear tips. They also have the force touch stem from the AirPods Pro, which allows you to pause music or whatever else you're listening to. There's also spatial audio support now for the AirPods Free, which is something that AirPods Pro and AirPods Max already had. It also adds adaptive EQ. Again, AirPods Pro and AirPods Max already had that. But one thing I thought was interesting is that the wireless charging case for AirPods Free now support MagSafe. They already technically supported MagSafe. You could wirelessly charge them on a MagSafe puck, just they didn't attach to the MagSafe puck magnetically. So now they've built in MagSafe supports that when you put the AirPods free on a MagSafe charger, not only will they charge, they will also magnetically attach to the charger so that they don't get like misaligned from the charger. Uh, this is a feature that Apple introduced with the iPhone 12 series last year, and they also updated the AirPods Pro. They didn't say this on stage, but they quietly updated the AirPods Pro case to include the MagSafe support as well. So AirPods Free start at 179 which is technically more than they were. They used to be 159 but the difference is that the wireless charging case is standard, so you don't have to pay extra for that. It used to be that AirPods were 159 and then you had to jump up to 199 in order to get the wireless charging case. But now the wireless charging case is standard and they start at 179 so technically, if you consider the wireless charging case, the AirPods Free are cheaper. They also kept around the AirPods 2, the previous generation AirPods, and those start at 129 now. So you can pre-order the AirPods Free starting now, and they will begin shipping this Tuesday, October 26th. That's it for music-related updates. Now let's talk about the Mac. This was by far the most exciting part of the event. I don't think anyone can argue that. Like, new computers with new... Apple Silicon chips are way more exciting than new color options for a speaker or a new tier to a subscription service. It's like radical changes to these MacBook Pros that we're gonna talk about today. But before we talk about the MacBook Pros themselves, let's talk about the chips inside them. So there are actually, instead of just one chip, there are actually two chips, M1 Pro and M1 Max. So let's talk about M1 Pro first. This features a 10-core CPU and a 16-core GPU. There's actually a slightly modified 8-core CPU version and 14-core GPU version of the M1 Pro. Just like how the M1 has the revised version that features a 7-core GPU instead of an 8-core GPU, the M1 Pro has revised versions that slightly lower the core count of the CPU and then also the GPU. The M1 Pro also supports up to 32 gigabytes of memory, as opposed to 16 from the M1. With the M1 Pro chip, they've built in ProRes acceleration to make editing and playing back ProRes video even faster, even smoother, and just better. The M1 Pro also has additional Thunderbolt controllers, which means that it can support more than two Thunderbolt free ports. The M1 can only support two. Now the M1 Pro can support, I think, up to four. It also adds support for even more external monitors. And then moving on to M1 Max, this is basically just a better version of the M1 Pro. It still has the 10-core CPU from the M1 Pro. The biggest difference between the M1 Pro and the M1 Max is the GPU. The M1 Max has a 32-core GPU instead of the 16-core GPU in the M1 Pro. 
And just like the M1 Pro has that slightly modified 14-core variant of the GPU, the M1 Max has a slightly modified 24-core version of the GPU. The M1 Max supports up to 64 gigabytes of memory, as opposed to 32 from the M1 Pro. Same ProRes acceleration, additional Thunderbolt controllers. What I thought was really interesting with the M1 Max is it can support up to free Pro Display XDRs, which are all 6K, and a 4K TV all at the same time. Recent benchmarks have shown that the M1 Max is two times faster in multi-core performance compared to the M1, which is a quite massive jump. So let's actually move on to talking about the MacBook Pros themselves, because this is the most exciting part, the machines that are actually gonna feature these processors. The MacBook Pro has been radically redesigned. It has new 14-inch and 16-inch sizes. The 14-inch display is up from 13-inch on the previous MacBook Pro. These new MacBook Pros have more ports, free Thunderbolt 4 ports, an HDMI 2.0 port, an SDXC card slot, and MagSafe free, which MagSafe was a charging method that used to be on the MacBook Pros, but in 2016, they got rid of it when they went all in with USB-C. But over the past five years, Apple has realized that people still need some of those ports. So they brought back HDMI, they brought back the SD card slot, and they've also brought back MagSafe. And then one interesting thing about these MacBook Pros is that there's a camera cutout at the top. So the display is pushed all the way to the edge on these MacBook Pros. And in order to make room for the cameras, they've cut into the display a little bit and made a camera cutout for those. They do incorporate it well into the menu bar. So like the menu bar kind of works around the camera cutout and like uses this space well. So I'm glad to see that. And then the MacBook Pro also has full size function keys. This is something we saw with the 24 inch iMac. The keyboards that came with the 24 inch iMac had full size function keys that were the same size as all the other keys. Uh, on a lot of computers, you'll see that the function keys at the top are quite a bit shorter than the regular keys. But on these MacBook Pros, as well as the 24-inch iMac that we saw earlier this year, the function keys are the exact same height as the normal keys, which is good to see. The MacBook Pros also have a mini LED display, which was rumored for a while. But one thing that was a little bit more out of the blue for these MacBook Pros was 120 hertz ProMotion. This is something that... The iPad Pro has had since 2018, and then the iPhone 13 Pro just gained this feature uh, about a month ago. So now the MacBook Pros also have an 120 hertz display, which basically means that the display can refresh twice as fast as a normal display. Most displays are 60 hertz. This is 120 hertz. This will mean that scrolling is more smooth and just overall usability of the computer is just like a smoother experience. Uh, not everyone notices it. Uh, I've personally never used a 120 hertz display on any device. I've never really tried it out. So I can't really say that I notice it. I know there are a lot of people that do notice it and really care about that feature. So that is good. The MacBook Pros also have a 1080p webcam, which is something that they've been lacking for a while. Up until this point, the MacBook Pros have had a 720p webcam, which is just terrible quality. It's not that good. One thing that does kind of bother me is the camera cutout is quite big. And so you would think with a camera cutout that big, they'd be able to fit Face ID, which was a rumor for the MacBook Pros, but they did not. So I don't really see the point in having to make the camera cutout that big if it's just gonna be the single camera 
that's there. The MacBook Pros also have three studio quality microphones along with a six speaker sound system with spatial audio, which is something that I wasn't really expecting. I wasn't really expecting them to bring spatial audio to a device like this. I personally don't like spatial audio. I think it's better on something like actual speakers, but when I'm listening in headphones, spatial audio just feels really weird to me. Like if I turn my head, the audio feels like it shifts and it's just like a really weird feeling for me. When I first got my AirPods Pro, which is the first device that I ever tried out spatial audio on, I immediately turned spatial audio off. I just don't care for the feature personally, but a lot of people do, so I'm glad they brought it anyway. The MacBook Pros also have up to 10 hours longer battery life than the previous generations, which is really good. Uh, one advantage to using Apple's own silicon is that the battery life is much better. I think these MacBook Pros are a really exciting update, and apparently a lot of other people do as well, because delivery dates for these have already slipped into November and December. If you try to order the highest tier configuration of the 16-inch MacBook Pro, the delivery dates are between December 10th and December 23rd, which is just so far away. You can pre-order these MacBook Pros now and they will begin shipping on Tuesday the 26th, just like the AirPods Free. So now let's talk about the configurations for these machines because I think it's really interesting. The configurations are a lot different than what we were anticipating them to be and there are a lot of things that are really interesting with the configuration options. So let's go through those now, starting with the 14-inch MacBook Pro. This has two configuration options. Hey, buddy, how are you doing? Oh, all right. I need to continue the podcast, all right? You want to lay down? Oh, hi. Okay, thanks. <laughs> the base configuration of the 14-inch MacBook Pro has the M1 Pro chip with an 8-core CPU, 14-core GPU, as well as 16 gigabytes of memory, and... 512 gigabytes of storage. It comes standard with a 67 watt power adapter, but you can also pay an extra $20 to get a 96 watt power adapter. And this base configuration starts at $19.99. There are a variety of options that you can change. You can upgrade the M1 Pro chip to an M1 Max chip, and that will cost you an extra $500. The 8-core CPU can be upgraded to a 10-core CPU, and that'll cost an extra $200. You can upgrade the GPU to a variety of different options. A 16-core will cost you an additional $300. A 24-core GPU will cost an additional $500. And then a 32-core GPU will cost an additional $700. You can also upgrade the memory in this machine. You can upgrade it to 32 gigabytes, and that'll cost an extra $400. And then if you want to upgrade to 64 gigabytes, that'll cost an extra $800. But for that 64 gigabyte, oh, Loki, hi. Okay. Sit. Go get it. For that extra 64 gigabyte memory option, you have to get the M1 Max chip. Oh, you want to play again? Did you get all that? You can also upgrade the storage in this machine. One terabyte will cost you an extra $200. Two terabytes will cost you an extra $600. Four terabytes will cost you an extra $1,200. And then eight terabytes costs a whopping $2,400 extra, which is more than double the price of the computer itself. If you spec out this base configuration all the way to the most expensive option, that costs $5,899, which is absolutely insane. Let's move on to the higher tier configuration of the 14-inch MacBook Pro. This also has the M1 Pro chip. This comes with the 10-core CPU and 16-core GPU. 
as well as 16 gigabytes of memory, and then one terabyte of storage as opposed to 512, and that starts at $24.99. Again, you can upgrade to the M1 Max chip for an extra $200 this time, not as much as the previous. You can't upgrade the CPU past a 10-core CPU because that's the highest option that you can get on the M1 Pro or the M1 Max. You can upgrade the GPU from a 16-core GPU to a 24-core GPU for an extra $200 or a 32-core GPU for an extra $400. The memory can be upgraded to 32 for $400 or 64GB for an extra $800. Again, that 64GB option is limited to the M1 Max chip. The storage can be upgraded as well. 2TB costs an additional $400. 4TB costs an additional $1,000, and 8TB costs an additional $2,200. Now let's move on to the configurations for the 16-inch MacBook Pro. This has three configurations, unlike the 14-inch, which only had two. Let's start with that base configuration. This comes with the M1 Pro chip, 10-core CPU, 16-core GPU, 16 gigabytes of memory, and 512 gigabytes of storage. This is basically the same as the higher tier configuration of the 14-inch MacBook Pro, the only difference being that it comes with 512 gigabytes of storage instead of one terabyte. And that configuration, just like the 14-inch MacBook Pro, costs $24.99. This has a lot of the same upgrade options as the 14-inch MacBook Pro, the M1 Max chip costs an additional $200 to get. There aren't any other configuration options for the CPU. The GPU can be upgraded to a 24-core GPU for $200 and then 32 for $400. The memory can be upgraded from 16 gigabytes of memory to 32 for $400 or 64 for $800. Again, M1 Max required for that 64 gigabyte option. The storage can be upgraded to one terabyte for 200, two terabytes for 600, 4 terabytes for 1200 or 8 terabytes for 2400. Specking out the 16-inch MacBook Pro to the highest possible will cost $6,100, which is absolutely insane. So let's move on to that mid-tier configuration. This also has the M1 Pro chip, a 10-core CPU and 16-core GPU, as well as 16 gigabytes of memory. The only difference with this middle configuration is that it now has one terabyte of storage, and that will cost $26.99. It basically has all the same upgrades as the base configuration. I'm not gonna read them all to you again, except for the storage options, because those are different from the base model. You can get two terabytes for an extra $400, four terabytes for an extra $1,000, and eight terabytes for an extra $2,200. And finally, the highest tier configuration of the 16-inch MacBook Pro. This comes with the M1 Max chip, a 10-core CPU, and a 32-core GPU, as well as 32 gigabytes of memory and one terabyte of storage, and that will cost $34.99. Since this already has the M1 Max chip, you can't upgrade any further than that. The CPU and GPU also can't be upgraded. They have the highest possible. And then the 32 gigabytes of memory can be upgraded to 64 gigabytes of memory for an additional $400, just like the middle tier configuration. You can upgrade the storage to two terabytes for $400, four terabytes for $1,000, and eight terabytes for $2,200. All right, that is pretty much it for the MacBook Pros. That was a lot of information, I'm sorry in advance, but I think the configuration options for these MacBook Pros are really interesting. There are a lot more options than I was personally anticipating. I only thought there would be two configurations for each, but the 16-inch MacBook Pro actually has free configuration options, which is really interesting. Now let's talk about software. Apple didn't announce this during the event itself, but on the same day as the event, they did announce via their website that macOS Monterey will be available next Monday, 
the 25th. On the features page for macOS Monterey, it says that universal control, which is, in my opinion, the most exciting feature, won't be available at launch and that it's coming later this fall. iOS 15.1, iPadOS 15.1, and watchOS 8.1 will also be released on Monday. Let's talk about some other announcements. Some of these were actually talked about at the event, some of them weren't. Apple has updated Final Cut Pro to include new 8K ProRes video editing features. Apple also updated Logic Pro with new spatial audio editing features. Apple also introduced a new $49 braided MagSafe cable, the MagSafe for the MacBook Pros. And then they also introduced a polishing cloth for $19, uh, just like the microfiber ones that you would find in older uh, Macs. Apple has also optimized iMovie for Mac for the new MacBook Pros. iMovie is personally what I use to edit all of my podcasts and videos and stuff, and they've optimized it for editing iPhone 13 cinematic mode videos as well, which is really cool. The last thing is that Apple has sort of restructured how their website is laid out. They've added a new AirPods tab as well as TV and home, accessories, and an only on Apple tab, which goes through like some of Apple's services and stuff like that. So that's basically everything that happened at Apple's October event. The MacBook Pros are obviously the most exciting out of everything. This episode was a lot of fun to make. I hope you enjoyed watching it. I normally feature my dog Loki at the end of the episodes, but uh, he made quite a few appearances of his own throughout. I thought that was a pretty decent episode. We talked about a lot of stuff. I think it's time to end. I've been recording for far too long now.